So let's everybody warm up, get to it. All right, we're back. It's been a couple weeks. Apologize, but it's been the holidays. And Daniel and family have moved locations. That's right. I had to move across the entire state of Washington. <laughs> yeah. And which is not an easy thing to do. And you got us donuts when we helped you move, which was very nice. You're very welcome. Thank you. You're good. And good coffee. Do you want to give a shout out to the donut place? Shots out. Shout out. Well, we're not. Shout out to Legendary. Them, so. That just They're happened. amazing donuts. <laughs> that just happened. Oh, if yeah. you're listening in Lake Taps, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. All right, cool. So the last two weeks we have been talking about worship. I think it's the last two weeks. Am I right? Was it two weeks of worship? Two Uh, or three. Two or three, something. And uh, but we're not done yet. We are not. not. No. In fact, I was thinking we should change gears, and then remembered we still had a lot to talk about. So, anyways, we are here. We're back, and we are talking about Julian. Hit it. Worship. (laughs) Yes. I said that part. <laughs> oh yes, uh, nailed it. I could, I couldn't help it, and we out. If you could see my uh, hands, I'm doing like the stretch it out motion with my hands. You know, like elongate. Do more, do more with the words. Uh, yeah, nice. So I will. The last time we were together, we ended, and we we were talking about. Worship in the sense of let's let's box it in. Well, <laughs> this will be fun. We'll box it into Sunday and let the box split open. Um, historically, there is a there's a there's an idea about how how worship is uh, how how we participate in worship, and uh, oftentimes people think of it as. Uh, there that there are five things that we do right um and some refer to them as the five acts of worship maybe the five elements of worship um i believe there's a verse that clearly defines them we're gonna get to that i'm I'm, in fact while i I will buy you time while you find that scripture um (laughs) and and the five are (laughs) nice singing praying giving communion and teaching or preaching um and you know over over the many years uh some some actually define their their time on sunday uh by those those five acts or those five categories um now i think there is there 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 are passages we can go to and kind of chat through to see what we think about those um because there, there are definitely scriptural references uh, to to stick beside those five that I've named, but I think it is an interesting conversation, uh, maybe to ask where, how did we come to these five, and are there more, are there less, and um, does it make sense? Yeah, like is does it make all, sense all according, yeah, mm-hmm. according according to from a biblical perspective, not. Not does it make sense in 2021 or, you know, anything like that. Sure. 
is is this what the Lord's looking for? Yeah, yeah. And the last couple of weeks, I mean, we, that we've done this, we've really talked about how worship is spread across the entire week. It's worship mm-hmm. is not a Sunday thing. Um, but that being said, um, you know, hopefully there's a lot of takeaways in that. Of, you know, kind of what how you could kind of focus your mind throughout the rest of the week and not just wait for Sunday to happen so you could finally get your worship on. But um, when it is Sunday, I mean, it's still a, a, um, a day that is set, you know that that we all set aside. We choose to set aside and come together to be able to be with the brothers and sisters, and you know, to just make it a, a special day, a special time together. Um, and the things that we do there are, are, are great things. But um, yeah, are we leaving things out? Are we binding things? Um, you know, like is one of those five things that you listed, Julian? You know, we do it every Sunday religiously, um, no pun intended. And um, but is it really is it really like a thing that's to be bound? Like if we forgot to do one on a given Sunday, would the whole thing fall apart? Or like is that, you know, is there anything in there that is, I guess, disposable or not? So have we, uh, you know, because I think we've been fed our entire lives. We've been fed that here's the five acts of worship. Here's what you do. Now go do it and do it really well. Make sure you do it right so that it's orderly, you know, and whatever. So don't mess it up. Um, you know, so it becomes a very strict, formal kind of um, structure that we've applied to our service. And is that the right structure? It's just good to go and question what you've been handed from generations prior and go to the source of the Bible and see what it says. 100% agree. Absolutely. Let's check it out. Well said. Well said. Well said. You know, I think we've already, we've kind of jumped into singing because we, we, we've talked about that a couple of weeks. Yeah. And so maybe singing's a place where we could, uh, we could just kind of go back there and, and see, see, see what, where we ended. I think, uh, Jesse, you, you ended in Ephesians five nineteen, and In fact, you read all of Ephesians 5. And, and we, we, we came to the conclusion because this is, this was kind of the heartbeat for the whole, the whole series, right? It was looking at the governor's edict in the state of Washington, where he'd asked us not to congregationally sing inside the four walls. And, um, and we had come to the conclusion that singing was not something that should be bound to Sunday or bound to inside four walls, um, but it should be a manner of life. It is, uh, it is kind of an output for all of the input uh, that comes from trying to be holy and, and live a life that looks like Jesus. Um, but we did say, I think, I think we agreed, I don't know if the listeners did, that, that this was not just a Sunday morning at uh, 10.30 activity. Um, and nor was it, uh, only three of them could be sung on a Sunday. Four, if you include the closing song. <laughs> right. Yeah, didn't we say, um, didn't we, like, our conclusion was, why would you not sing on the other days of the week? I think was one of yes, those sir. things that Daniel said. Um, yeah. And so that was, you know, singing is a very important part of our relationship and our worship to God. And, um, you know, I think just maybe summarize and maybe Daniel, you've got something else too, but, um, on the singing part, um, when, if you just read it, 
um, it wouldn't appear that Sunday was just the special day of singing, right? Like it's just singing is part of our our walk with God. So when we're together to worship God on Sundays, also, of course, we're going to sing on Sundays. It's just going to happen. Yeah, I think where I where I threw the the wrench in is I said, if it's a part of just daily living and it is what it is, right? If 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 not singing on Sunday was sinful, then what happened to Monday when we didn't Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Perfect. Which kind of, it puts you in a little bit of a position where you say, okay, so either that's wrong and we should be doing it and the fact that we're not, God's not happy with it or um, we're, it's, we're asking the wrong question and, and I don't mean or, that's just an option. Or we're asking the wrong question. And it's not about, did you, right? This isn't necessarily Leviticus. But it is, what is your heart doing with a combination of things? Not necessarily, oh, you didn't sing, you know, holy, holy, holy on Sunday. Therefore, you're in trouble, right? Mm. Daniel took a breath. He's gonna gonna go. He's winding up. <laughs> I I jumped on the collections. <laughs> oh, okay, I that's, did. that's, that's I where even, we're going next. Cool. Well, it's because he was in Colossians. He felt the need since he was there to flip over a couple of chapters. I flipped back a couple of chapters. I got to Second Corinthians that? eight, but the Aww. the and. and and I think what we're going to come down to, and I just like, I, I need to wait until we get to this point to make it, but it's just, are we, are we artificially limiting our Christianity by saying, by, you know, boxing these in things into the five acts of worship or the, the five elements? Um, and I think we, we, when we, Ultimately, what we came the point we came to on singing is that we we can be in danger of boxing in our singing, of of you know drawing these arbitrary lines around when it's appropriate to sing and when it's not appropriate to sing and when we have to sing and when we don't necessarily think of it that way. And um, you know that's that is a danger that we have to be on guard of that we aren't sort of um, building these walls around these expressions of joy and gratitude and love and devotion to God by, um, by, by, by limiting these things in certain ways. And so I think that's what we were really kind of exploring with the, the discussions we had about singing. Um, and so I'm interested to talk to you guys about the other four things that we've that we've listed off as well, um, just to see kind of where we come down on those those as well. Do it. Let's thought, just go. I thought we were talking about the collection. Now we are. Let's. Now do we it. are. I think it's yeah, a good we're... one. So just a little. I mean, I think different churches, different flavors of Christianity, probably do things differently. Um, sure. I think we come from a background just to kind of set context for like w- the perspective we're coming from um, is, you know, there's not like a set 
tithing amount. Uh, you know, our church doesn't even call it tithing. Um, like the different churches that we attend at least don't call it tithing um, necessarily, but just like a giving or a collection. Um, and it's just up to people to give, you know, whatever. And just, just to pause, tithing is traditionally considered a tenth, right? A tenth of yeah. your, your, your income would go to the church. Right. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So for us, it's more of a um, just give basically what you think you want to give. And um, and honestly, there's not um, like no one really knows. I mean, I suppose some people do just because if you're writing checks every week, the people that like cash the checks know. But like it's it's not a thing where like, you know, I've never had anyone come up to me ever and be like, hey, um, you know, I don't think that you're really uh, stepping up like you should be, you know, take me aside and talk to me or anything like that, for <laughs> example. Right. Like maybe you guys have stories. I don't know. Um, well, some places have gotten big, big trouble for doing things like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, it's pretty, pretty much just like up to the individual, like you up to what you decide to give to God as part of the collection on Sunday. So that's kind of the context. I guess maybe the question is, is, is it really a command to give on Sunday? I mean, that's the big question. Unless you guys want to start from a different angle. But what do you guys, I mean, what do we think? Should we pull up a verse? Read it real fast. Where's the verse that says it's required on Sundays? It's the same silence. Oh man! It's the, it's the same silence you got for singing, right there. I want to. I want to look at it from a different angle, right? Oh. I want to look at the sort of the motivation behind it, because, like you said, it's kind of it's it's more, you know, from from our kind of particular background, it's more of a personal choice. You decide. You, you know, a lot of times the phrase we use is what you've purposed in your heart to give, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some there's some places we go in scripture when we think about taking up a collection, when we think about passing the plate and asking people to give of their means, right? And one of those places is Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine and verse seven, where Paul says, "Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver." Which is great. I mean, that's what Paul says, and that's what God loves, and that's what we ought to do. Um, but there's so much more behind the concept of generosity, behind the concept of love your neighbor, behind the concept of God as the creator of all things, the sustainer of all life, the provider of all blessings. Um I want to kind of back up a chapter where Paul kind of starts talking about this idea of giving, where he find, he 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 brings this to the Corinthians' attention in Second Corinthians chapter eight, beginning in verse one, and just listen to what he says. He says, "We want you to know, brothers." So he's taking it on himself to inform the Corinthians of this. He says, "We want you to know about the grace of God." That has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Later, he says that God loves a cheerful giver, which is a fine verse, and it's absolutely true. 
But do we ever talk about the abundance of joy and the overflowing wealth of generosity when we take up a collection? Do we talk about the, the spirit behind what makes a cheerful giver? I think it doesn't mean just like don't scowl as you drop your check in the plate. I think Paul's talking about a, a mindset, a lifestyle, an attitude toward ourselves, toward the things that we think of as ours, and toward other people in the way we think about and view other people. And so the concept of giving, I think, is tied into a whole host of, you know, for lack of a better word, Christian virtues, these attributes and attitudes that we ought to have as we put on Christ, as we're transformed into his image. And so God does love a cheerful giver. That's absolutely true. But there's so much that goes into being a cheerful giver. There's so much that built into that phrase and that idea that's so fundamental to who we are in Christ Jesus that I think it bears some close examination. Dead yeah, wrong? I think, no, you're, well, you're definitely going back to the concept uh, that we kind of talked through in singing is that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. giving is is not just the thing that you do because you check off and you wrote your check and now everybody, like, the Lord will know that you gave your money because a plate came around. It's more about a way of life because I do agree. There's so much more in giving, and I'll go a slightly different direction. I think there is a significant amount of, of faith uh, that also goes into giving as well. Like, Absolutely. The, the, the idea of... Um, uh, you know, like Matthew chapter 6, where um, in 33, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added to you. Like the reason why Jesus has to say this is because the prior verses, he's saying, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Like, look, I take care of the flowers. I take care of the birds. You don't have to worry about that. And there's there's that component as well, uh, because we we end up being like the mobilized um uh, executional force of God's blessings oftentimes to to help others and to to further the gospel with our financial means and they're not it's not even our money to begin with right and I it, it's kind of understanding the whole story and it, and really getting our head around God's economy and how he how he's going to bless people and and how we can be active participants in it with, like you said, the love that he's pointing out that he wants them to embrace and have joy in it. It's pretty big. Um, but having faith in that process, like trust the process, really opens us up then to give with an expectation of joy uh, rather than giving with an expectation of satisfaction because we check something off. Is, Couldn't agree more. Is um, the giving that we're talking about strictly like a monetary giving, or like a, as you read earlier, Daniel Second Corinthians eight it says, "For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part." So it sounds like they are poor. 
extreme poverty is mentioned here, right? But they're overflowing in a wealth of generosity. So they're not necessarily heavy givers, but giving in other ways. Like they're, they're able to find this joy and, and share that in the form of generosity as wealth. So um, let's clarify that. Well, before before he clarifies, can I jump in? Because this is slightly related. Um, I think about what Jesus was observing in the temple uh, about people's giving practices. Yep. Remember, the 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 widow it, he he she gives very little, but he specifically says she gave out of her poverty. Um, and then the Pharisees, he said they gave out of their wealth and the. Uh, like one of the the key factors there is that she gave again i would say probably with an expectation of joy because of the heart that she gave out of knowing that she had very little right but she gave of it and if you were saying of percentage well she probably gave a super high percentage of what she had she gave out of her poverty she was poor but she still gave and yeah, these Pharisees, on the other hand, who gave out of their wealth, so they gave more out of an expectation of a check in the box, right? Um, and also, it, it has been said that they were giving so that people would be able to know and see what they had done, right? Mm-hmm. And so both of them had different motivations, and the motivation for the one who's going to give out of an expectation, out of feeling joy truly has this give out of wealth like it is not their money it is the lord's uh and they understand this full faith picture and i think on the other side what you get is i'm giving what i think i'm okay to do like i'm i'm giving what makes me feel really good and and no more right and 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 i don't want that second one to make anybody feel like they need to go sell their house right away that's not what i'm saying it's but but you know in your heart what you understand about the gospel and what you what you really firmly believe god will do and what you are affecting right Mm -hmm. okay that's a segue to what you're gonna say there daniel it is and we're going to get there kind of a weird way because I think that the second Corinthians aspect is very clearly a monetary amount, a, a sum that Paul's talking about. He had a bag of coins that he collected and he was taking them to the relief of the saints. But I love this idea of, of, of God's economy and the, the mindset that we have about Ours versus his, ours versus others. And I heard this great lesson one time. It's from Acts chapter 2 and verse 44, right? That weird section that we don't really like because it sounds like they're all commies. (laughs) (laughs) It's the early church in Jerusalem. It's right after Pentecost. 3,000 have been baptized. And Paul and Luke rather says in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. To me, that sounds like acts of worship. He says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Verse 44, And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. 
And the, the, the lesson I heard hinged on that idea of having all things in common. And the, the distinction was made between what is common and what is holy. And when we think about it that way, what is holy is something that has been set aside for a special purpose, right? So think about that in terms of my bank account. If I'm saving up for a vacation, that money is holy. It's set aside for a special purpose. It's not to be touched other than for that one thing. Luke here is saying they had all things in common. They didn't see their money as separate, their property as their own, separate, set apart for their own use, what we would call holy. They saw it as available, freely um freely used, fully liquid, freely able to be used in any direction it needed to, with no caveats or or tags or special accounts put on it. That's the idea behind what's happening in 2 Corinthians 8, is that they're not seeing, even in their poverty, where they might not be able to make rent next month, where they might not be able to, you know, pay the electric bill or the the lamp oil bill or whatever <laughs> they're not designating their things that way they're designating their things as what can we do to have the greatest impact where there is the greatest need and that may be putting dinner on the table the next night but it may also be helping people we've never met before who are in a much worse situation than we are and that distinction that that distinction of our things separated for our own use versus all things in common is a really important distinction. It's a really interesting way to think about the early church in Acts 2 and what it means to be a cheerful giver. All right, so... Did I just break the podcast? <laughs> well, we, we're, I think we're pausing tonight because we're like, what direction do we go in? There's so many questions I have. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's big. It's huge. It's a, it's a gigantic topic. Um, the idea of generosity and the idea of how do we place everything that we have our very lives in the service of God and in his kingdom and every like everything below our very lives, right? You know, how do we put those things to the best use to further the gospel message, to live the gospel message, to show others how to go about living the gospel message? Yeah. And you know, money is just one of those places where it, it, it exposes your heart so quickly mm. like you don't it, it's like right out man you know if there is a true if there's a need in front of you and and you find yourself saying but or well like it's pretty immediate that if you if you really think about it um you you become a a i don't think you are the because i believe god's way powerful than our silliness but you become a limiting factor in a moment for 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 development of the gospel quite possibly you know mm. it's an you know Ananias and Sapphira I mean and I knew we were eventually gonna go here I mean 
they they sold they sold land as everybody else was right going along with Acts chapter two bringing the proceeds they bring it to Peter, and and they make the decision to hold back but to be untruthful about it right and mm-hmm. that's and and that's that's the key I think we should focus on it's I don't because as Peter says look it it was your money to do with what you wanted to do, but it's their hearts. It's the mm-hmm. fact that they wanted they didn't want to tell the truth about what they've really done with the proceeds of the money um, that that they had gotten from selling that they could distribute and as as, as Daniel has pointed out to continue communism in Acts chapter two <laughs> uh, in the early church. Yes. But 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 you see what I mean. So uh, one of the things I think that look we talked about singing and this came out. And now we're talking about giving and it's coming out that you sure can or make an attempt to box in acts of worship or worshiping to a an event that occurs for two hours on Sunday. And and if the question is, well, if I don't do it there, am I sinful? I think the question is way bigger like Mm -hmm. if you don't have a holistic view of what it is that you're doing um like sunday is the least of your worries (laughs) and do you know what i mean and and so like if you if you pan back and get this view about what's really going on and how the gospel is connecting through and i think you said this jesse and we're probably going to find this way beyond five um, then you would never ask the question about what happened to the person who didn't sing on Sunday because their heart, their the fruit of who they are would have displayed who they were all other days of the week. And you, you probably wouldn't have even asked the question. And I don't mean you, I mean we. It would be a silly question to even bring that up because you would almost be so busy with everything else that that wouldn't even be a concern. And, and what we, we in our tribe, what we have locked it into as we have said, if you don't participate in these five on Sunday between these hours, then you're about to have like a Nahab and Abihu moment, right? You're going to be Aaron's sons putting up a strange fire on the altar, and therefore you should expect the wrath of God. But actually, a holistic view of, of these very ways that we worship him, man, it's not just about what happened at the altar with the specific fire you were incense you were supposed to use, man. It's like what about all the other fires that should have been burning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I it puts everything in a really interesting context. Um, and I'm kind of more a little bit interested at the moment, at least in going into more tactical, because um, it seems like these examples, um, you know, so I think overall, like what you guys have said is just exactly on point. Like, what is your relationship with God? What is and what does that make your heart want to be? And um, you know, it should want to do these things to help further His cause, right? Um, and that's what we see with you. Know, you gave the example of the widow um, giving the widow's mite. Um, that was um, wasn't that to a like a Jewish tabernacle that she was giving to? It would have been like. Um, Something along that lines is that it's the temple, the temple, Sorry, the, the temple, the temple, not yeah, the, tabernacle. the temple. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and that was of course there was a different structure in the Old Testament for giving for the temp for the temple. Um, I'm not as proficient in the history at that, that, but wasn't there more of a structure in the Old Testament for how they gave? I 
does that well, matter? I mean, they're, they're like first fruit offerings, right? You'd, you'd give the unblemished lamb and, and things like that for your sacrifices, where it's it's clearly not, it's the, it's the best of the best, right? It's not after you've taken care of the cable bill and after you've paid your mortgage and after you, after you've funded the kid's college, then whatever's left over, you give a chunk of that to the Lord, right? That that was never the point in the Old Testament. It was always God comes first. Yeah, absolutely. I guess where I'm going with it is, it was like, was, was she giving, you know, because it was a structure like they had to take care of the temple. They had to do the maintenance and upkeep of a temple, and that's why they were giving money um, back then. Um, and now... Uh, I think what was the, the other example you gave? It was wasn't that in uh, Corinthians, and so they're giving to set aside money for Paul, so that when Paul comes through, they can help support him because he's you know obviously doing amazing things for the Lord, and needs their support in that process. And so there's a specific thing that they're that they're helping with in that instance. Um, if you had no church building. <laughs> What would you be giving to? Ooh, is that, you can, hold up, Wilma. <laughs> you seriously? Can't mix, you can't. You can't mix that episode in with this episode. Okay, no, we don't have to go down that road all the way. Man, I'm, come on. You just. I'm, I mean, I'm just, ima- imagine we were all running to a jar of Reese's Pieces and you were like, hey, but I got peanut M&M's over here. It's like, what do you want me to do? I can eat them both. <laughs> just leave them there. Oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. I want that topic, too. Okay, oh, go yeah. oh we're going to have to do it now. <laughs> Not tonight. We're far too deep into this, but we're going to get there. so good. You know, oh, that's well a more. That that's why Wilmore's here. He just he just has has one in his back pocket. He's like, how about this? That was a clean oh. left hook, my friend. I love it. I love it. None better. Uh, oh, uh, continue. If we had no church building, what would you what would you feel the need to do with the money that you collect? Right, right, right. What if you know? And what if? Okay, so what if there's no church building? And what if like people just took turns preaching? Okay, so this mm-hmm. is going to go completely like, we don't have to pay for a preacher. We don't have to pay for a building. We don't hey, 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 hey. I know. I'm sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make sure that we understand the importance so that you're good. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Um, no, but I mean, what to me this is this is important because um, you know I think a lot of our money ends up going to just building maintenance and whatnot, right? So. Um, which which I get. It's nice having a, a church building to worship in. But, is it? Uh, I, it's nice. I think a lot Hold of people up, would man. agree with me that that's nice. You're making us hit the other topic. Uh, you guys, oh, no, sorry. it's not nice. We're wasting money. <laughs> no, no, Go it's ahead. So nice. <laughs> Look, having a cushioned pew underneath you. Oh no, you didn't. Beautiful. Um, Couldn't possibly worship without uh, <laughs> central air. <laughs> oh, that is true. Well, that's a valid point. <laughs> All right, so so I guess let's let's not get into the the building thing right now. So, uh, but let's keep let's keep, since I already started this though, I say that. But let's yeah. uh, let's let's pull it back a little bit though, and just say like, what is the giving that we do now for? Well, more. <clears throat> okay, look, Brother. I want to jump in. Oh, only well, let me say this because 
You've said something that makes me think, write this down, Daniel. This could this could actually be a pretty cool sermon. Uh, All right. Because there is the transition, right? If you are a Jew, there is a transition between what how you view your giving and what it's for to now. Do you think, like, there were probably people who really struggled with this in, in Corinth with this example. Maybe not the Corinthians, but others if they were giving in this way, right? Because they're like, dude, we always pay temple tax. Like, why should we give you money, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're, you know, and I know Paul brings it up a couple of times to try to help them understand. He's like, thank you for those who have, have helped me and I'm not going to burden you guys. You know, that's why I'm over here building tents uh, with Aquila and Priscilla. But mm-hmm. um, that's probably a pretty big uh, just shift in methodology. And I'll say methodology and how they believe that they interact with God on a financial basis, right? Because they they are used to it. Look, they even accuse Peter. They're like, your master doesn't pay the temple tax, does he? Right? Uh, mm-hmm. I noticed how today I pulled out all these voices for the Pharisees. Um, <laughs> mark that. Uh, but, but you bring up a good point now that I think about this. So there's a shift in mindset, likely, for many, about where their money goes or what they're doing. And we should probably think the same, about shifting mindset. I'll give you an example. So I worshiped with a church um, in Washington uh, once. I pulled up and there was like grass outside, like in the um, like in the, the the driveway, grass was growing up and I was <laughs> we were like, is anyone here? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm serious, it wasn't pretty and the grass wasn't mowed and I meant grass like coming up through the concrete. And we pulled around the side um, and we had called ahead, right? We knew there would be uh, people worshiping there uh, on that Sunday morning. We pull around the side, didn't see any cars. We pull around the very back. We saw some cars. We park. We find a door to go into because it was kind of, it almost looked like the lights weren't on. And it was like in the basement. And we walk in, man. And I mean, you heard laughter, joy, like people were having a great time. It's like we interrupted a family reunion and all these people were greeting us and we were slammed into this like pretty small room. And, uh, and so, you know, if you're not (laughs) one for tight spaces and you like talking and being around a lot of people, this would have just killed you. Uh, but they were like, hey, how's it going? You know, nice to nice to meet you. And they're like, well, we do Bible study in here. And we, I mean, we were in a basement crammed into a, there were just people packed wall to wall. And uh, so we did, we had Bible study in there. And then afterwards, you know, we're wall, elbow to elbow. We go upstairs and as we're going upstairs, they're like flipping on lights. Uh, so we go upstairs to this auditorium and they're slowly turning lights on. And uh, it was a fairly large building, but, you know, nothing super fancy. We sit down and I reach for the songbook and it is literally like the first Sacred Selections book that I had when I was a kid, like all (laughs) torn up. Nothing there. Like, you know, the ones where, where, right, and you try to turn to a page and the page is missing. falls out. That was the deal. Yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, it's just disintegrating. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, uh, fervent, heartfelt worship. um, And then we... Afterwards, I started chatting with some of the guys. Uh, I said, look, you know, uh, I mean, nothing, <laughs> no, no ill intentions here. But I have to say, um, it's hard to know that you guys are here from the highway. 
because like the lights off in the main auditorium and there was like grass growing up in the, you know, like in the, the paved area. And, you know, I tried to make a joke of it, you know, like we were driving through a jungle and they, they started laughing. And, um, and so they told me their story. They said, oh yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. Um, they said like a little over 90% of what we collect, we, we support missions. We support missionaries. Um, and so we found they had a strategy for basically energy conservation and not paying to have the lawn mowed, like a member mows it when he can, you know, and things like that. And all of them are deeply rooted in like community work. And they said, you know, it's nice to have this building, but quite frankly, uh, we just do the least amount we possibly can to maintain it, uh, because we don't feel this is the real mission. Um, can I go and there? I, yeah, man, I know where it is. I mean, uh, it blew us away. And I, I'll tell you, we, we really weren't ready for that either. Kim and I weren't ready. Uh, we, we were like, that's cool for you guys. You <laughs> for should you. Totally, <laughs> yeah. Keep right? it up. Because what, yeah, what I was thinking was, dude, if you don't have a really good sign out front, nobody's ever going to stop by. Like if you don't have the lights on, you know, nobody's, nobody's, you're not going to pull in, you're not going to visitor flow. You know, that's, that was kind of what I was thinking. I was like, you need to put your money here. A little bit. Uh, now I totally get it. <laughs> I, I get it, right? <laughs> because uh, it's not like we walked in and they were crabby. We walked in and they didn't love the Lord. We walked in and they were biblically unsound. Uh, quite the opposite. Um, but they did not feel that was where their treasure needed to be. Oh, you didn't think I was going to use that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you they did. Uh, there you go. They did not feel that's where their treasure should be because that is not where their heart was. Their heart was in the gospel and giving it to people. And they did not feel that that was the best tool. That building was not the best tool to reach lost souls. So that I just threw that in the middle while Daniel was about to crank out what he was going to say. It's something to no, consider. I, that, I think that sounds amazing. Yeah. And... Best idea. Bless that group, man. I hope they, they thrive and flourish in the Lord. That's wonderful work. Yeah, yeah. But yeah one the, more. Maybe that starts to answer your question with an example. There's an example. I think that that's a great answer to the question. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's where our heart is. That's where we spend the money. And you want to know where your heart is? Look at where the money goes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really hard to not tell a tree by its fruit <laughs> yeah well some people to be devil's advocate here though are going to say your money shouldn't go where your heart is your money should go where god says it should go in the bible right and i mean i think we'd all agree mm-hmm. that that is true but mm-hmm. uh, i mean obviously but um so, you know it's it's easy to say yeah let's just give to to do x kind of work like we're going to really tackle homeless and homelessness in our area so that's where our heart's going to be we're going to give to that community um it could be from a very good place in your heart but is that the place that you know that that the bible would say we should be putting our money so that's i'm trying to distinguish a little bit between like letting the heart guide versus like finding scripture to back it That's fair. You really I think had to I pick think that example. <laughs> well, I think that <laughs> I think the I could probably pick a man, lot of examples that you'd say that to. Because Matthew twenty five pretty clearly somebody. says yes. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Matthew okay. 25 pretty clearly says, yes, you should be helping those people. Well, how about this? Um, a basket weaving, like this church is really into basket weaving, you know, and they want to really make awesome baskets for the Lord. Okay. So, like, just pick something ridiculous. Okay. So, whatever. Like, that's the distinction Distinction. I think I'm, I'm just trying to make between. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That That's fair. That's fair. You should, um, our heart and our conscience uh, are very easily manipulated by mm-hmm. things that are not holy and are not godly. And they they'll they can trick you very quickly into believing that that's so, right? And you can even take things that are good and holy and twist them and make them unhealthy for the gospel. Uh, that that's a later episode because somebody should definitely question me. But uh, <laughs> I, I th- what what happens with you know this this thing we were saying about the heart where he says where your um, where your treasure is there where your heart be also is it's it's asking the question, where is your treasure? Like, are you laying up treasure in heaven? Or is it all about this earth that says where, you know, moth and dust uh, could corrupt, thieves could break in and steal. And so if we are wondering what our heart says, if our heart doesn't align with God's heart, which is what you were saying, Wilmore, then we're seeking the wrong thing to pursue the gospel. I know we're wearing out the G word tonight, but Mm. it's true. Mm -hmm. So... Everything, this is, this would be my understanding, and, and I'm open to it, but it's almost everything financially has to be targeted or has to aim back toward, um, like, equipping saints, growing the gospel, um, in, enhancing the gospel, like, making the Lord be known more greatly in, in every area possible. Um, and there are a lot of ways that's done, right? I Again, I, just because I have a thing for missions doesn't mean that every dollar has to go to somebody preaching in some other place. That's not necessarily true, right? Because making the gospel known, part of that is the thing that you just asked about. Well, what about these homeless folks? Well, that, that's a way that you make the gospel known, you know. The way Jesus made himself known was he fed 5,000. What about the kids in, the own, in your own congregation? Can you spend money on curriculum and workbooks and things yes. like that for them absolutely exactly. things that yeah making the, the, the gospel known yeah right making the gospel known is a big mandate and i think one of the wonderful things about scripture is that we are now under the law of liberty right we have the uh, the the ability to with god's word written in our heart with the guidance of the spirit as we walk in the spirit as we are seeking the best we can to follow after Christ, we have the ability sort of on an individually, on a congregational level, as individual congregations, to make these kind of decisions. And it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that somebody's getting their lampstand taken away, right? If you think about the churches in Revelation, it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that they are... It means that they've made a different decision. And it doesn't mean it's not a scriptural one, because there's plenty of scripture to support homeless missions. There's plenty of scripture to support, um, you know, charitable works with the money that we have. There's plenty of scripture to support um, outside evangelists. There's plenty of scripture to support um, other congregations that are in need. Um, 
But we have to make these decisions individually, and we have the freedom to do so. We have the ability and the right to do so. What we need to remember as individual people is that we have to have the right heart. What goes into those decisions, what goes into how we contribute our financial resources to growing the gospel, that's what we're going to be held on account for. That's what we're going to have to answer for because it is a reflection of who we are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, It can't be any other thing but that. Um, It can't be anything but a reflection of who we are, because if it is, then we're doing it for the same reason those Pharisees were throwing their money in, and the same reason Jesus condemned them for doing it. Um, If it's not about growing the gospel, it's not about God's purposes. And so we have to keep that in mind as well as we, you know, purpose in our hearts to give, as we are cheerful givers, as we as we give of our means, as we've prospered, however we put it when we pass the plate around. There's so much that goes into that. And what it, what it absolutely comes down to is, where are we standing in Christ Jesus? Are we rooted and grounded in Him? Or is our heart on something else? Right? I think that's got to be the determining factor when it comes to giving toward a contribution. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think that there's a lot of rabbit holes we could go down in giving, and obviously we're not going to get to the other acts of worship tonight. So <laughs> um, stay tuned um, because we're going to be able to go down you know, more more of these rabbit holes. I guess we'll find out next week what, what rabbit hole we want to go down next. Maybe we we'll go farther down the giving rabbit hole. Um, and, yeah, I think this uncovers a lot of, a lot of content to go over. And I, I really appreciate you your guys' perspectives on not just talking about the thing itself, but the, the bigger picture of our relationship with God in the thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really awesome that you guys have done a great job of highlighting that tonight. And um, I, I always just want to go straight to the thing, but backing out and getting the, that holistic picture is so much more critical. And so, yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, thanks, guys. Well, See you. <laughs> Julian, you had something else you wanted to You know, it's going to keep rolling. Go ahead, Julian. The tape is always rolling. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you know, I, I like to get to the thing too, Wilmore, 100%. Totally want to get to the thing. I think this helps us now get to the thing and go, the thing is silly. Uh, I'm sorry. I just jumped the gun on what I really feel. Because I think. When, there you <laughs> once go. You get, once you get to the thing, you know, after you do all that and you get to the thing, you go, oh, man, really? You you would spend five minutes talking about the thing? Yep. Oof. Ooh. You, you might not have gotten the picture. Right? You, you missed, missed the boat. The boat. You, got you the missed thing. it. Yeah. You missed it. But But next week, next week, we should do a little bit more on giving. Because I'm anxious now after hearing Daniel say that, to know what he thinks about uh, who, who, who should participate in which type of giving. Like, when, when is the church giving and when is oh Jesse giving? That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. <yeah. laughs> Another rabbit hole we just uncovered. Boom. Nice. See you, see you next week. All right, guys. It'll be fun.